Hey everyone, and welcome to The Ad Project, an ongoing series about two guys who put their heads together to start the world's most advanced Amazon advertising agency. They've obsessed over all things in the Amazon advertising world, built an industry-leading platform to gain deeper insights, and continuously test, trial, and push to uncover the most effective advertising strategies. Now, they're going to help you grow your Amazon business by pulling back the curtain to share what they've discovered. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to have Destiny from Better AMS on. So, Destiny, welcome to the podcast. Maybe can you give us a quick intro on yourself? Yeah, of course. And thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here. But my name is Destiny Wachon, and I'm co-founder and CEO of Better AMS. We are another Amazon advertising agency in the space, doing everything from sponsored products to DSP. Yeah. So Destiny's, if you're not following her right now, definitely check her out on like LinkedIn or Facebook. She puts out a ton of awesome content. We've got to do a number of these meetings and things. Destiny's got a great perspective on a lot of different items. So definitely wanted to bring her on the podcast and get her take on many different topics that we've talked through. For those just joining the podcast in previous episodes, Matt and I, and Matt's the co-founder of Ad Advance, we've kind of built up on our advertising knowledge, walking through sponsored products, brands, display, and then really how you tie everything together. And so for this one, Destiny, I wanted to get your take, kind of focusing on the sponsored brand side, but just opening that up because you've got some great perspectives there. So if I'm a seller, I'm advertising my specific products, but how do I build and establish a brand? So I'm there in the long term on Amazon. What a great topic and a super hot topic in the space today because Amazon, for one, is releasing a lot of different tools, reports, and different things with ads that allow us to be able to drive that more creative aspect, drive that brand awareness, tell our brand story. So that's been super cool. And then on the flip side of that, Amazon's gotten a lot more competitive over the last year when everyone moved their budgets from retail to .com. So with that competition, you have to have an edge. You know, you really need to make sure your customers have that loyalty. So that is a fun topic to talk on. Where where should we even start? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Overall, if I'm trying to build my brand, somebody comes to you, Destiny, I, I want to build my brand. I'm doing sponsored products. I'm advertising individual products itself. Like, where would you have them start? So I guess I'll throw it right back on you for that question. Okay. All right, so if we're just looking at ad types, I think one of the easiest ones is sponsored brands video. Now, I love me some sponsored brands, headline search ads in general. That's how we got started in the industry. That was our core focus. But when I'm thinking of a seller that's really getting started, sponsored brands video is focusing on one ASIN right now. It is a single ASIN landing page, which means it's a little bit easier to run. It's a lot less complex. You just need to have the video for it. But what makes that sponsor brand's video so cool is it's still a pay-per-click model. So that is a huge advantage because if you run videos anywhere else, it's typically cost per impression. Someone views your video, you're charged. But what this is doing is when you run a video out of Amazon, you're showing up in the middle of search. A customer scrolling the page, they stop and view your video, which does not have audio autoplay. They watch part of the video and then they click on it. If they click on it, that's when you get charged. And if they're clicking on it, you know that they probably have some form of like intent to purchase or interest in your product. So I would recommend starting a sponsor brand's video. It is uh, like hot topic. It's uh, only been out for a year and a half. So you still have a slight competitive advantage. 
And it does really well because again, they have to stop and watch a commercial and you only get paid if they click on that commercial. So it's a really, really good opportunity. Yeah, Destiny has a great point because really the video acts kind of as a screener for anybody who's going to click on the ad. And so the really cool thing, like Destiny just said, is that if they watch the video, you don't have to pay unless they click. And so if I watch the video and I click, if I'm not interested, I'm not going to click first off. So it just really helps the conversion rate once you click through that ad. And then the other major piece is it really lets you set yourselves apart from any of the other listings that you see in the search. So I can talk about my brand. I can show a product in use. Like I've got three kids when I'm seeing toys, I love to see them in action and how people are actually using them. With video, I can do that. With just the static image, I can't. And that's why we continually see conversion rate from sponsor brand video perform so well. Like the only other ad type that we see do better is sponsored products, top of search. And so this is a great way to really differentiate yourself and make yourself stand out. So for like sponsored brands ads, like what are other ones that you like, or I guess anything else to add for (laughs) on the video side too? Only thing I would add on the video side is right now, there's kind of an inability to scale it because there's only one placement on page one, middle of search, and one placement on page two, page three, and page four, and that's the bottom of search. So you're really limited. If you have one other competitor that's outbidding you across the board, you're just not going to get a lot of impressions. That being said, I expect them to expand this ad type. So go ahead and get everything prepared. It's going to get more ad inventory. And right now you can only advertise one ASIN, which makes it hard to scale if you have 500 ASINs because you would need 500 videos. In the future, we do expect them to drive to a landing page or a store page. So you can have a video with multiple products driving to a multiple ASIN landing page. But that's all I think I have on video. Anything yeah, else? And, and for video, I would say like watch out for different targeting types. So I think they're really going to open up the different targeting types and then also metrics too, like different view metrics. Um, yes. It, yeah, and, and so for like video too, I mean, as we're talking about view metrics and let's talk about what performs well in terms of sponsor brand video. So how do you capture their attention? If a client comes to you and says, Destiny, what should I put in my video? What do you typically recommend there? One thing we've seen and actually compared on is Amazon has a video creation service that they rolled over from DSP that they use for sponsor brands video. So if you have an account rep, you can have them make videos for you. They're not fantastic. It's a PowerPoint slideshow basically. And we analyzed the click-through rates of, you know, actual commercial grade videos and Amazon videos. And it was like within 1% of each other. So I think what does really well is things that are natural to the customer. And actually, I think you may have been on a clubhouse talking about it looks more organic and that's what you've seen do well. And I completely agree because if you have some commercial grade commercial, people are going to know it's a commercial. No one likes actually watching commercials. So I think that makes a big difference. And another thing is just a strong opening scene. You really need to get them to stop scrolling. So we've seen that do incredibly well. Yep. Yep, definitely agree. So that strong opening scene, as you're looking at creating the video, really focusing on, so am I trying to establish more of like the brand presence or am I showing it in action and really talking through the different features for different products we've seen either do well? Um, It just really depends on the type of product. And then probably the other piece that Destiny hit on before is that it's not audio autoplay. 
And so if there's captions, like definitely include those because a lot of people are not going to turn the audio on. And even if they do, they're going to miss the audio when that initially starts playing. Yeah, for sure. And that alignment that you just mentioned of knowing whether or not you want to tell your brand story or focus on the product can also be aligned with the keywords you're targeting. If you're Coke and you're targeting the word Coke, you probably want it to be a video about Coke and all of your products in there because you want to cross sell them. But if you're, you know, selling something really, really precise and targeting a precise keyword like, you know, soccer cleats for boys, then you want to make sure your video is little boys, you know, wearing their soccer cleats because you're trying to really drive that, you know, symbiotic relationship between the keywords you're targeting and the video you're showing, making it as dynamic seeming as possible. Yeah, that's perfect. Yep. If I search for something and then I see the video directly speaking to that thing that I just searched for, <laughs> I'm going to be much more likely to buy or watch and then click and then buy than yes. something that just doesn't meet the intent of what I was looking for. Completely agree. So what do you typically employ other than sponsor brand video? What, what do you really like and where do you send them? We, we do a pretty strong combination of sponsor brand headline ads with a landing page that we select and design and a store page. With that store spotlight is something we can also talk about because I think that's pretty cool and underutilized. But I think, you know, there's a lot of hype and misconceptions around sponsor brands because you do have more creative control. So it can be really overwhelming. There's a lot of things to split test. You have the ability to add copy. You have the ability to change your landing page. You have the ability to add custom imagery or a lifestyle image. So with that, there's a lot of different variables that can influence your success and a lot of room for errors and mistakes. But in general, we really like testing all of these ad types and figuring out what flows best with the customer journey. Again, let's say I'm Nike and I sell sports equipment. If someone types in the keyword Nike, we don't know if they're looking for Nike shoes, Nike basketballs, Nike fitness equipment. So we want to show a headline now that has a wide variety of products and probably drives them to the store page because they want to see everything we have. If someone types in Nike basketball shoes, we want to show them a headline search ad that's just basketball shoes more than likely. And maybe even driving to a landing page. If our store page isn't easily shoppable and checkoutable, sometimes we found that a landing page will have a higher conversion rate. Even though your store page does fantastic and tells your brand story, I've been on a lot of them that are not fantastic. Like if I can't add to cart immediately, I'm annoyed that I'm not being driven to a landing page because it makes my customer journey confusing. So those are kind of the big calls I have there. And overall, I mean, it's been so awesome over the last year or two, all the different tools that Amazon has given us just in terms of being able to build our brand. We were recently doing a podcast episode where we went through kind of the evolution of Amazon advertising and <laughs> talked on like where we think it's going. And if you can remember back in the day, it was sponsored products. And then there were these things called headline search ads, which they then rebranded to sponsor brands. And so it's been fun to just see, you know, going from a single ad with a name that was definitely descriptive. I mean, it was a headline, <laughs> headline. in your search <laughs> to this huge array of different sponsored brands, features that you can implement to build your brand on Amazon. Good for us because that's where the volume is. Good for Amazon because now you're building your brand and you're even more tied to their ecosystem. So definitely mutually beneficial there for sure. So what are some major items that you've seen implemented that have worked really well or I guess upcoming features that you feel like we should really be hitting on? One of the biggest ones I will stick with is 
custom image. Most people don't even see that when they're creating their headline search ad because it was never spoken about. It was this really, really tiny checkbox added directly below where you write your copy for your headline and it says custom image beta. And then you click it and then you're able to upload an image. But I think that's gonna be huge. One, it takes up a very large portion of the headline search ad when it's on desktop. We sometimes see it beta tested on Chrome. And then on mobile, it also takes up a very large portion of the page. And what it does is it turns your whole headline sponsored brand banner ad into a lifestyle image. It also shows up on the product detail page as a full lifestyle image, which 100% allows us to drive much more like brand focus and brand story than ever before. Because like you mentioned, when it was first rolled out, it's like the stagnant image. We could move the little like bars for the different products and add 50 characters of copy. And they've even opened up what we can say in copy. You used to not be able to say like sale or number one, but if you have proven claims, you can write those nowadays. Like we're getting big stuff now. <laughs> yep. So we're getting a lot more ability to customize everything. And then we can design a storefront to really match where we're directing people. And then you can add video in there. And then, you know, as we've talked through, there's a bunch of holistic strategies that we can use sponsor brands as one piece to really like defend our brand. So, you know, this kind of leads me into like the ever present question. So if somebody's searching for my brand, should I advertise and protect my brand or am I just wasting ad spend if I am advertising for my brand where they're going to find more my organic products anyways? I, I'm typically on the side of things of, yes, you should 100% always advertise. Where I think it can come into question is if you have a limited budget. So some of our CPG clients have a very set budget that they're given for quarterly or monthly or yearly. And we then have to break it down. And I would rather spend my money on new customer acquisition than defending my brand space. Now, if I have that budget, then there's quite a few things you can do. You can actually use the opportunity of targeting your own brand name to cross sell your products or upsell your products. You can take the one that's not ranked number one and make sure you're advertising on it. So a consumer sees you know, your full funnel Amazon's going to tell you. Amazon advertising is one of the number one things to like help maintain brand loyalty. They released this really crazy case study that showed like the more ads that were up there, it helped maintain brand loyalty for that reason. If I type in any keyword, it does not matter where you're organically ranked. It doesn't matter if you're number one or number two. The first thing a customer sees is that headline search ad and at least one sponsor product placement. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter where you're ranked if the first thing a customer seeing is your competitors ads. Yeah. And just to add a couple other data points and what we've seen too. So one of our clients received a breakdown from one of the advertising account execs and the stat that they sent said that people who perform a branded search in the consumer and product goods category, 40% who did a branded search ended up purchasing a different brand on Amazon. And that number blew me away just with how high it is. And this is the category where you think there'd be a lot of repeat purchases where people would just be coming back and purchasing that brand again. So that was really interesting to me to see. And yeah, and another piece to take into account, too, is that Destiny, I don't know if you see this, but whenever I talk to like my friends and family about what I do, a lot of people don't even realize that there's ads on Amazon. No, Uh, they have no idea. And so they'll assume that whatever listings pop up at the top are Amazon's picks. And some may not even realize that they're purchasing from another brand. They'll type in the brand 
go to the first listing and just purchase without even thinking about it. And now you potentially have lost a lifelong customer because you were not that first listing, which is a paid ad. So I've seen those two cases. So you should definitely be advertising for your brand to make sure that you're not losing sales to your competition, because if you're not advertising and defending your brand, there's going to be many other people who are going to try to conquest your brand. It's way too competitive to not. And those stats are absolutely amazing. One thing that we've been playing around with to try to come up with an SOP for this is we started using the sponsored product and sponsored brand impression share report. So what we've been looking at is Amazon recently released these reports where it allows you to see the actual impression share you're getting for search terms, which makes things more complex because it's on the search term level. But what it means is you can take that aggregate data and be like, if we're using Coke again, we can pull this report and see that we're only winning 20% of ad impressions for Coke, which tells me someone else is winning 80% of those impressions. And that's really enlightening for brands to see because they think that they're absolutely crushing their top keywords because they're bidding what they think is high. But in reality, if you pull those metrics, you can make really strategic decisions on how to optimize based off that. And, you know, of course, I think, Joe, something that you and I will always like have to make sure we're setting expectations for is how much these strategies cost. Yeah. And yep. the cool thing about Amazon is it's easy to see how expensive any placement is. Like we have no minimums to work with. It's not a black box. All you have to do is bid really high and exact match top of search keyword. And you'll know what that CPC is. But I don't think brands necessarily realize how expensive it can get on Amazon and how much strategy can go behind any one keyword that we're playing around with. For sure. Uh, and another great report that Amazon recently launched is the, it's the category benchmarks report where you can take specific categories and see what the 25th median and 75th percentile is for ACOS that other brands are seeing with sponsored brands within their mm -hmm. category. And so this is another great way to also benchmark yourself. So you can use the impression share report. And then you can also look at how you compare in the ACOS benchmarks to see, all right, how aggressive am I really? Because, you know, ACOS is not our end all objective or key goal <laughs> yeah. for advertising. It is one key piece that we look at. But really, it's a measure of how aggressive we're being with our ads and how broad we're getting with our targeting, assuming that your campaigns are well optimized from the start. And so as we get more aggressive with our ads, it could cost more and we may not get as good of a return in terms of ACOS or ROAS, but it could allow us to say own more impressions and make sure that we're really owning those segments of the market where we feel like we can set ourselves apart long-term. A hundred percent. And the report's broken down into pretty specific categories. You know, if I'm in the baby category, the top report of the category benchmark would be like baby. And then like baby room or decor. I don't know. I don't actually know how incremental it gets, but then it goes into like specific like baby diapers and wipes, which is really cool. Cause as Joe said, you could then pull and like, see how you're competing near competitors. Now, one thing I'll mention here is if you're competing with a bunch of CPG brands, they're going to convert better than you. Their ACOS is probably going to be better than you. So do not go to your Amazon advertising rep or manager or whoever's your account executive and be like, their ACOS is a 20%. Why is mine a 40? when you know, you're not going to be competing or converting anywhere like some of the top baby brands, like Huggies is, that's for sure. <laughs> if you look at ROAS or ACOS, 
there so much of it is dependent on how well your products convert and what that initial brand recognition is so just like destiny was saying if you're launching a brand new product where people don't know your brand those other major players are going to convert a lot better which means that we're going to have to invest more on our advertising to make sure mm-hmm. that we can compete overall that actually, so I have a question for you. This is something we've started playing around with. I don't think people realize how much more expensive it's getting. That that comes up a lot of why is my ACOS higher, even though I'm converting yeah. the same. Like, well, you're paying more. The more it's a it's an auction model, right? So the more that people are spending on ads, the higher they're bidding, the more you're also going to pay to win the same amount of impressions. So sure. with that, have you looked at like making optimizations based off conversion? Any or for ranking, we look at conversion too, but it's kind of like catch yeah. twenty-two. You you got a fifty percent conversion, one hundred percent ACOS. Like. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely factor conversion rate into what we're bidding on, and they they tie together. So if I convert really well for certain keywords, we're going to bid more because we're getting a better return on our advertising. But it's always a trade-off in how broad uh-huh. you go, and so it's a trade-off in the volume versus the really high converting terms that I can target. And so we can go really narrow, but you're not really broadening your base at that point. Uh-huh. Or we can go really broad, but you're not going to see that great return. Conversion rates are going to be a lot lower when you go broad, but there's a ton of volume. And so it is always this trade-off between the two. But like you're saying, we're continually seeing Amazon advertising, especially on the sponsored ad side, get mm-hmm. more and more competitive where at this point for many brands, you can't approach it as a key profit driver. It's really all those extra secondary impacts that you get. It's the extra sales in the sales history, which helps your organic ranking. It's those extra reviews, which helps your conversion rate as you go. And -hmm. it's just defending your brand to make sure that you're maintaining those existing customers. Where before, I mean, way back early in the day when we both started, (laughs) I mean, you could get such great returns from ads and it really didn't take much. It's getting more and more competitive and much more complex. You seeing the same thing? A hundred percent. And setting those expectations has been a big, a key player. I think someone had commented like, this is what we look for when we sign a brand. And I was like, my biggest thing is setting the expectations of what's realistic and what you should be shooting for. Sometimes if someone comes to me and says, you know, I want to get 10% ACOS, I'm just like, that's hurting your brand. Yes, you're going to make a lot of money in the next few months on the additional profit, but Amazon's flywheel is really, you know, what you need to invest in, what you need to consider. Because like you said, the more money you spend on ads, more traffic you're driving to your listing, more traffic, more likelihood of uh, order. So if they're converting, then they're going to leave a review. And if they leave a review, that improves your conversion rate, which then improves your organic ranking. And it's like this whole spinning flywheel. So I think that short term versus long term mindset makes a big difference in like Amazon ad expectations. Amazon advertising and Amazon selling on Amazon in general. Yes. It is, uh, it is a marathon, not a sprint for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what what's some new key features that you've seen to help brands continue to, to differentiate themselves? Due to the rising competition of sponsored ads, as mentioned, I think DSP is going to be a big area they're going to play in. One, it opens up ad inventory across, you know, anything. <laughs> So now you have off-platform, you have on-platform, which still has limited placements on Amazon, but more opportunity. 
So I think that's going to be a big one. And we're seeing it with them releasing more on the sponsored display side. Sponsored display is like a beta test to see if I give people these ad types, can they actually turn it into like something good? Or are they just going to like let it run crazy, I think? So I'm really excited for displaying GSP, which I know you and I could probably hop on a whole nother podcast to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I definitely agree. If we look at where the key opportunities are, I think DSP is that next spot that does not have that competition right now because there are mm-hmm. more barriers to optimizing your DSP yes. or even getting started with DSP. But we're seeing really solid advertising returns where sponsored ads tend to, they, they seem to be getting very saturated. Mm-hmm. And sponsored display, just talking to those teams, like sponsored display is kind of setting themselves up to be the self-service DSP for uh-huh. some of the really easier, more common type of targeting types. And then DSP itself, it's, you know, it's, it's a beast. There's so many different, there, there's so much you can do with it, but there's such a learning curve to it. So they're trying to make themselves kind of the self-service yes. DSP for like retargeting, repurchases, all that good stuff. I think, you know, on the sponsored display side, it's going to be like all these little bite-sized pieces, like you said, that are more consumable for brands and people to learn. DSP is one to, I mean, just to put it in perspective, not everyone can get it. It's not rolled out to every single account. So that alone gives it a major competitive advantage. You have to work with an agency like Joe's or I's or go to Amazon directly. And yeah, that can be fun. And if not, it is, it's a major learning curve. Like the couple of vendors that do have it, I've had brands like reach out to me like, Hey, can we just use your DSP access to run it for ourselves? And I'm like, no. Like that's just asking for trouble. It's so, so much different. It's unlimited opportunity, unlimited potential because you can literally, you know, have infinite opportunities for targeting. And on the sponsor side, like it's actually pretty simple. It's like A plus B equals C with everything we do with sponsored ads, right? You analyze your bid and you target keywords or products. Like it's pretty, pretty easy on how to like have objectives on sponsored, but like DSP is very insane. Lots of opportunity there. Yep. Make sure you've got your sponsored ads nailed and then definitely look into DSP as that next step. Cause it, like, I think we both agree. I, I just see tons of opportunity there and I think, yeah, there's just so many different options that it's, it's fun. We're pumped up about <laughs> it. I'm excited to see how we're able to scale it over the next few years. It'll be fun. For sure. Well, I'm sure we could talk for hours, but <laughs> we'll, we'll probably wrap it up here. Destiny for anybody who wants to learn more about you, where should they go? Honestly, feel free to check us out at betterms.com. If you want to learn more or, you know, follow our content, check us out on LinkedIn. Joe and I are always posting, like you will have enough from every single day, I think, to keep up with everything new and exciting. And then anything else specific, add me on Facebook or follow us at betterams on YouTube. So definitely follow Destiny. She's got a ton of great content and we'll include all of the links and everything in the show notes for this episode. So Destiny, thanks for coming on the show. It's been a ton of fun. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks everybody. And we'll see you on the next episode.